brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What up, all you sexy-ass fall, holiday, spoopy, almost autumn, October, I said autumn twice, <laughs> coffee dawns. Welcome back to another episode of Confidently Insecure. I am your host, Kelsey Dara. This is the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. Oh my God, I'm peeking. Let me turn me down. Let me let me turn me down in my own headphones. Um... Yeah, this is a podcast where we're absolutely sure we don't know everything. I'm your host, Kelsey Dara. Uh, it's October. October is Mental Health Month. And last year, we did a really great, cool job of getting a guest every week that was in the mental health field. And we talked about various types of mental health disorders or experiences. Also, I'm opening my Skittles because I bought Halloween candy even though it's only October 10th, my dumbass bought Halloween candy, not realizing that I'm going to have to not eat that Halloween candy for 21 days. What in my mind, someone who clearly has a sugar addiction, hello, like had to try to give it up to my best abilities to get rid of yeast infections. Uh, why, who, this is like putting a pound of Coke in front of, Tony Montoya or Montana. I don't remember his name. It's been so long since I've watched those goddamn movies. And we only ever watched them because boys in our high school told us that they were cool. Movies like that, Blow. What was the other ones? Um, I actually liked Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. All of them were like so artsy into that. How did I get here? Wow. Okay. I was going way too deep. <laughs> Confidants. Anywho. Um, yes. October is Mental Health Month. <laughs> And I've got some great guests for us this week to talk mental health. This week, we had some scheduling issues. And last minute, we didn't get to record with someone. And I was like, shit, should I just skip this week? Because I'm technically currently recording this on October 10th, which is World Mental Health Day. You will be hearing this on October 11th or maybe later in the week. I don't know. Um, and I was like, should I just skip it and, and be like, it's for Mental Health Month. We're all taking a break. And I was like, no. You dumb bitch. You fucking wrote a whole book on mental health. Like you are an expert on mental health. You can be the expert for this week. And I was like, well, first of all, why are you talking to yourself so cruelly? Like, Jesus, give yourself a break. Um, then I went and had a piece of cake across the street uh, at this bakery. And now I'm here. And I was like, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to talk to my coffee dons. And I feel so special that I get to do this. I'm like, why would I take a week off? Like, I'm so lucky that I get to do this and that there are so many freaking podcasts out there in the world and you guys choose to listen to this one. It makes my heart so big and so full. I like it, it's hard for me to think about. I'm always like, wow, people give a shit. But of course, I know you give a shit about mental health, not only because like that's our generation's um, like I don't want to 
Well, I guess I wouldn't be minimizing the AIDS crisis if I compare it to the AIDS crisis, but it's a fucking crisis for our generation. And we're like the generation that's tackling it. Um, I don't know if that was a bad comp. I hope it was fine. Um, so I, I was like, yeah, of course they're going to want to hear the confidants are going to want to hear about mental health from someone that struggles with mental health, talks about mental health all the time, wrote a freaking book about it. Hello. It's all over my office in case you can't see in the background. Um, and I thought it might be fun to talk about something that I don't think I've ever done an entire episode about, which is a spoiler alert by the title of this episode, panic attacks, which is like, you know, the second thing listed that this book is about. It's a second chapter. It's probably my favorite chapter. It's the scariest thing that I ever dealt with in my life, um, which is funny to say that now looking back because I'm like, well, now that I'm this far along, was it that scary? You know, now that I've been this far in the process, is it that scary now that I know how to manage it? And I'm like, no, yes, they're absolutely terrifying just because you haven't like, you don't get them daily like you used to. Um, sorry, I'm chewing a skittle. I hope that doesn't bother anybody. If it does, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. And so I figured it would be a good idea to talk about some of like the tips, tricks, and tools that I've used to manage panic attacks. Um, I think I did, I think we did an episode about the list that I had created that I, that went kind of viral on Twitter a few years ago where I was just starting to date Jared, which has been almost four years. You guys, can you fucking believe that four goddamn years? (laughs) That is crazy to me. That's been almost four years that we've been together. Um, and when we first met, we were traveling all the time. He was playing all these shows. I was still working at BuzzFeed. I got the luxury to like travel and make videos. And he didn't ever know what a panic attack was. He had never had one himself, but he had heard about them. He just like never knew. He was like, when am I supposed to know if you're having one? And I'm like, oh, you will motherfucking know. Trust me. You, you'll know. And um, we are at in airport coming back from one of his shows and I think it was like I forgot I had written down like which airport it was I don't know if this is a hairstyle by the way what I just did with my hair um and I had written down a list because I was at the airport I think we were probably hung over and I was like I can tell that this flight is not going to be easy this was before I had managing and coping skills where if I like felt a trigger coming or knew that something was going to be tough I could armor myself with all of the things I've learned um and it that's like what's funny about panic attacks is there's the ones that come out of nowhere and you're just like holy shit what the fuck was that did I just have a heart attack and there are the ones that are like the slow creepers they're like the slow builders that you're like no it's not gonna happen no it's fine it's even though I'm getting more and more anxious and I feel like I can't breathe and like you know all of my thoughts are running no no I'm not gonna let it happen it's not gonna happen I'm so mad I don't want it to happen please don't happen oh dear god it's happening um and that's kind of the ones that I would struggle with and it always felt like then there was a switch that flicked on like when the panic attack was happening oh lord I don't get me wrong I still struggle with panic attacks um, I had one recently on an episode that you guys heard me talk about when I tried to smoke weed again for the first time, THC, I should say. Uh, but I was also like a high panic attack. So I don't know if that really counts. Um, and before that was on the plane to Europe back in August for my birthday. And when we were shooting, um, 
I definitely had a mini attack. It wasn't a bad, like long lasting one, like the way that they used to be in my life, but it was definitely that out of body disassociation, fear, um, heart racing. I was throwing up on the airplane. It was bad. Um, not a fun time, but I was able to get through it. Europe was a fun time. And when I think back on that experience, I don't think about the airplane ride. I think about the time itself. See, that's like a coping mechanism right there. Um, anyway, so cut back to Jared and I just started dating. I could tell this panic attack was going to bubble to the surface. If I could keep it down and suppress it, maybe if I drank it away or whatever. Um, I decided to take out my journal and he was like on his computer doing something with music and I would just started to write it. And it was like the list that was 15 realistic things you can do right now to help me through a panic attack. And it was like, I felt so comfortable with him that I didn't need to veil any of these ideas or lists or tips or tricks. I just felt like I just needed to get them out. And so it was very raw and honest. And I think that's what a lot of people liked about the list that it, it didn't feel like a therapist telling you to breathe through it. It was like, nah, bitch, I'm probably going to shit my pants. So you need to know what happens if I shit my pants in public, especially on an airplane. This is going to get messy. Um, and what happened was this beautiful thing where people in the thread of the tweet started kind of replying back and giving their own tips and tricks and modalities and things that I actually learned and then in turn put in the book. Um, so I figured we could go to the panic attack section um, and I could read some of my like favorite <laughs> parts about it, which if you would have ever told me I would have like a favorite part of a panic attack chapter of a mental health book I wrote, I'd like smack you and your mother because I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? This thing, there's no way in hell I'll ever be okay with this. There's no way in hell I'll ever be over it. Like truly all. It's, it's the same thing I say about like drinking and open relationships. I never, ever fucking in a million years thought I could do those things and voila here we are um so here is the list let me give you that first this was like a list I had made where is it and that's the other thing about a book is you think you know where things are and then you're like oh wait yeah I forgot about all of that other stuff too okay so here's the list that I made for Jared um, one, know that I am scared and I won't be able to explain why. So please don't freak out or be annoyed with me. Number two, find my meds if they are nearby and make sure I take it. That was when I, uh, had my security blanket of Xanax or Klonopin at all times on me, like did not go fucking to the grocery store without it. Um, and now I don't. And so like, that's how I know I've grown. <laughs> um, Number three, breathing exercises are going to frustrate me, but are vital. Try and get me to sync my breathing with yours, which was really helpful. Like he used to put my hand on his chest and he would put his hand on my chest and we would like try to breathe together. And I'd be like, oh, okay. It's so much easier when it feels like you have a partner helping. Um, and more on that, like breathing stuff later. I'll, I'll get to that chapter. Um, number four, make gentle suggestions of things we could do together to distract my panic. Don't tell me what I need or should do and listen when I say no to something. So a thing that I think a lot of people want to do is they're like, drink some water here, have some water. And I'm like, I feel like I'm choking and drowning and I'm out of breath. Like the last thing I want to do is ingest liquid. Thank you very much. Um, and so that was really important for me to say, like, I'm not going to be able to explain why I don't want to eat or lay down or put my arms on my head or put my head between my legs. But when I say no, I know what I need right now. 
And I know when to say no to something. Sometimes you can gently suggest something and I might be like, okay, I don't know if that's a good idea, but okay. And I'll do it. And then there's other times where I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, Number five, for disassociative anxiety. Remind me that this has happened before and this too shall pass. It always does, but it's scary AF when it's happening. So maybe tell me some fun facts about myself or our life together that will make me smile or laugh. So if you don't know what disassociative anxiety is, and thank God it's getting a lot more like conversation around it, is it's the type of anxiety where essentially your nervous system or brain or snapsies, however you want to look at it, gets overloaded and tries to protect you from feeling that. So it just basically turns off. It's just like sleep mode, Z, Z, Z. And instead of sleep, you feel out of your body, you can kind of feel out of this universe, out of this realm, out of this reality. Um, From the chapter about disassociative anxiety, um, I talk about, la 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 la, let's see. While often experienced as a symptom, symptom, (laughs) symptom rather than a disorder, anyone who has disassociative anxiety knows that it can feel like a beast of its own. This is the symptom that causes me to question my sanity on a constant basis. It's that exact feeling of going crazy I fear so much that I've mentioned in this workbook so many times. Disassociation by definition is referred to as being disconnected to the moment. For someone who doesn't struggle with disassociative anxiety, they might try to understand disassociation by oversimpling the feeling as daydreaming or not paying attention. But when coupled with an anxiety disorder, disassociating can be incredibly fucking terrifying. In fact, party horns, it's my most terrifying symptom. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> the people close to me in my life who have helped me through high anxiety or anxiety or panic are very familiar with the following disassociative phrases. Things just don't feel real. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel outside my body. I feel like the world isn't real. My eyes feel like they don't register what's in front of me. Life feels like a video game right now. It's like I'm floating out of my body. And the classic fave, I feel like I'm living in the Truman Show. So that's just what disassociative anxiety is in case um, you were wondering. Uh, Back to number six. Sips of water can be helpful, but don't tell me I need to eat or drink because trust me, I feel like I'm going to vomit. See, I reiterated that twice in this one. (laughs) Number seven, keep breathing with me. Again, we'll go back to that breathing in a sec. Number eight, if we can please leave where we are, take me home. Number nine, please be really nice to me. I am not feeling like myself and I'm embarrassed and feeling guilty already for putting you through this. So please don't get frustrated with me. Ten, sometimes a big really loose long hug will help me feel safe, which is something I definitely did with Jared during the last THC debacle. I just was like, can you hug me? But like, don't touch me. But like, I need to lean into you. But like, don't, don't like, I need to be able to feel like I can breathe. (laughs) This sweet man. He's so good at it by now. He's got four years of practice under his belt. Um, Number 11, helping me breathe will be hard, but so key. Again, I keep reiterating that breath. Number 12, if it's really bad, call my mom or sister or BFF Lacey. Ooh, that's a typo I just realized of BFF. Wow, we should probably change that. On the phone for me. Number 13, tell me not to fight it. Rather, let it pass through me. The more I try to control it or you try to control it, the worse it will be. 
confidants, sober girlies. Are you looking to cut back or cut out alcohol this year? Come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Number 14, empathize with me. You may not get it, but you get me. And that's always helpful because it's like we feel so embarrassed and not like ourselves. We forget that the person that's with us like loves us and is like, you know, you would do this for a friend. Why wouldn't I do this for someone I love? (laughs) Um, And number 15, once it passes, like hours later, open up a dialogue with me about it. How'd you do? What can we do next time? So that's the list. And I give you space in the book to say, can you make your own personal list for your loved ones and friends that describe your specific and personal needs during a panic attack? Um, also, knowing when panic attacks become panic disorder is a very good question. So I write about how like some people will have one or very few panic attacks in their lifetimes. And I'm like, we do not understand these people. We're so happy for them. But like we are not on that wavelength. We are like struggling, struggle bus, honey. Um, But if you have recurrent unexpected panic attacks and spent long periods in constant fear of another attack, you may have panic disorder. 
And I say, always check with your doctor though, of course. But fear not, take me as an example of someone who's not only living and surviving them, but thriving because of them. It took a long time, but I was eventually able to get to a place of acceptance and successful management of my panic panic disorder, which is exactly why I wanted to create this workbook so that others diagnosed with panic disorder might get a little head start on recovery. There is also a video on YouTube that um, is probably one of my higher e, highest e, highest e, highest e. Someone please help me. Um, <laughs> it's one of my highest views video. Oh my God. Highest viewed videos um, where I did a talk. It's kind of like a TED talk, but for mental health. Um, and it's talking about managing panic attacks. And so I go through this whole monologue about the first time I had a panic attack, what it felt like, you know, how I had to fake it till I maked it through most of my life. And then once I became social media person, I had like the audience and the platform to talk about it and how I was going to anonymously talk about my panic disorder and well, the internet is way too smart and they immediately knew it was me on the video and, um, then this, I'm so grateful too for you guys, <laughs> because then that is what kind of sparked my journey into becoming a mental health advocate. Like literally without that, I wouldn't be make writing, have written my book, writing a second book, um, have a fucking mental health documentary out on the entertainment circuit right now, justice for Soraya. Like I would not have the confidence to talk about any of this if it wasn't for you guys, the internet. I mean, I'm so, (laughs) it's just, it's very, it's funny to me in a sick way that I'm like, oh, I used to want to, you know, not live because of this. And now it's the thing that like keeps me alive is like helping other people and talking about it and making it more well-known. Um, so I want to go back to talking about the breathing with panic attacks. So <clears throat> this is a fun chapter. So the truth is no matter how much I fucking hate paying attention to my breath during a panic attack, as you've read and heard me say numerous times, breathing is the one bodily function that we can take back control of no matter our physical circumstances are during a panic attack. Even in a high stress or small environment, you always have control of your breath. I wrote that because I'm claustrophobic. And I was like, well, but what if I'm in a box? And it's like, well, yeah, you can still breathe in a box. Um, It can feel a bit backwards because one of the worst symptoms of a panic attack can be loss of breath, feeling like you're having a heart attack, et cetera, et cetera. The energy in your body is producing the power to fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, and it needs to go somewhere. And we should focus on putting that energy into controlling our breath. So oh, the, this goes on to say, for years, the symptom of a panic attack that I feared the most was that feeling that I couldn't breathe. And as someone who has also experienced debilitating claustrophobia, see, I let you know, uh, the thought of dying by running out of air ranked pretty high on my intrusive thought list. In fact, if I thought about it too much, I could feel the sensation of choking coming on, which would propel me into high anxiety and into panic. 
As soon as I felt that shitty feeling bubbling up, I would start gasping for oxygen. Like I was a diver who was just coming up for air after their tubes had sprung a leak and water was rushing in. I was eating the air like I'd been starved of it my whole life, heaving heavily in and out and as if it was my first time breathing. I couldn't get enough of it and I couldn't stop gulping it in. Well, 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 my friends, guess fucking what? It turns out breathing too much is completely the opposite of what we want to do when we feel panicked during high anxiety. Overbreathing and reaching for more and more breath is the exact opposite reactions our lungs should have during a panic attack. And we actually want to slow down our breathing, even when it feels scary or like we can't. Have you ever seen that part in a movie where there's something like insane happening and the quirky best friend with glasses is in the corner puffing into a paper bag? Well, that character is trying to slow their breathing to manage panic. And then I put uh, like what we call the wow moments in the book, which is words of wisdom. Even, excuse me, if you fear that you're choking or can't breathe, start vocalizing the fear. Even if it's humming or just making noises, the fact that you are continuing to produce sound will remind you that you're not dying, choking, or having a panic attack. A point to note is that when doing breathing for panic attacks, you always want to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. If your nose feels blocked or stuffy because you're crying during a panic attack, make sure to take extra care in in, notice, in noting how slowly you should breathe in and out from your mouth. <sighs> If you're a singer, musical theater nerd like me, you'll know to differentiate the chest breathing from the belly breathing. Chest breathing comes from, you guessed it, the chest. In the upper area where your lungs will be the only thing inflating and deflating. With chest breathing, your breath will be shallow and not useful in calming a panic attack unless you pair it with your belly breathing. And then I go on to talk about what exactly like diaphragmic breathing is for all of my theater nerds out there. Um... Yeah, so just talking about panic attacks in general, like I think it's important to note that there is no such thing as too crazy when dealing with a panic attack. Like that is the whole part of a panic attack that people don't understand is like it's not supposed to feel describable. It's not supposed to feel normal. It's not supposed to feel um, like you can describe what's happening. Oh, Lord, for some reason, my video went out. Sorry. Now we're back. Um, What I was saying is that you're not supposed to be able to describe what it feels like. It's like terrifying. And if, if we knew how to talk about it, more people would be talking about it. And I think that's like what we have to remember. And, and I talked just momentarily before my um, camera went out is that I have a friend who often gets anxious and panicky in situations where like they feel like they can't leave. So whether it be like a work event or a speaking engagement or even like getting their hair done, they feel like they can't just like bail if they needed to. And I tell them and I often encourage them to say like the more you vocalize that before it happens, the less scary it's going to be when you do need to stand up and say like, hey, I'm feeling panicky or like, hey, I think I'm having a panic attack or like, hey, I just need five minutes. Do you mind if I step outside and like catch some air while like these foils in my head exist? Like letting people know is a scary thing. But I think we're in a time now where especially if you're dealing with people like our age, even saying before you go into a meeting like, hey, I'm 
my anxiety is super high, but I know it's often confused with excitement. So I'm excited and a little nervous or like, hey, sometimes when I get super panicky, I get a little dissociated. So sorry if I, you know, lose my place in my sentence or whatever. That's something that when I'm doing like interviews or long conversations with people, I have to say is like, hey, it's not only my anxiety that like sometimes confuses excitement, but sometimes I will just like forget what we were talking about and I'd be in the middle of a fucking sentence. (laughs) And I used to blame, I mean, I still do kind of blame my old medication that I was taking um, that left me with really uh, bad brain fog. And this was like years ago that I stopped taking it. So, you know, whether it's like psychosomatic or whatever, it, it happens. And what I realized is like one of my doctors was like, that could also just be, it's a very real thing. And it, does it suck? Does it exist? Yes. So therefore it is a real thing is that your brain is remembering how terrifying that situation is and it's it's perpetuating that because it's a it is a real thing it's perpetuating a real symptom that you fear which is forgetting your words or botching the sentence or forgetting in the middle of whatever you were talking about or like and my job I consider to be pretty high stakes like you know all last week we were pitching to these networks and um television companies that are like very big fucking the biggest deals I've ever pitched to in my life like think of any of those little apps that you watch streaming things through that's who we were talking to about the Justice for Soraya documentary and I was like holy shit like fucking what if I just what if my body does that thing where it just forgets and I'm in the middle of a fucking meeting and so you know I did everything I could prior to the meeting so like writing notes down rehearsing I you know did all that prep work but also just saying in the meeting like when introducing myself also hey you know like I'm a mental health advocate and author and I'm the you know executive producer on the show and um I too struggle with this which is why I'm comfortable talking about it but also 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 just so you know um sometimes that this can happen or this might happen or this symptom might pop up and again just naming that it exists helps me so it doesn't feel like a surprise you know like it's kind of like saying to someone like oh I might have to go pee and then so when five minutes later when you guys are like driving on the highway and they're like okay yeah I gotta pee you're not like oh we just started driving like oh we were at the restaurant five minutes ago or whatever you know it's like give them the heads up so that when it comes up, it's not like uh, surprising or, or frustrating for anyone, which by the way, spoiler alert, never once. Oh my God. Okay. Coffee dance. I'm so sorry if you're watching this on youtube.com slash Kelly, <laughs> but something is wrong with my freaking camera and it just keeps turning off when I'm trying to wrap this goddamn episode up. <gasps> But this too shall pass. We are not going to have anxiety about it. This is the universe testing us. I'm blaming Mercury in retrograde 100%. Um, So sorry if you're watching this and now you're just confused why you're not seeing video anymore. But I do want to wrap up this episode just quickly by saying never in the history of me having been in a panic attacks. And trust me, I've had so many in my life. Has anyone ever faulted me for having a panic attack? I've been watching Ted Lasso recently. If you're not watching Ted Lasso, what the fuck are you doing? You need to stop what you're doing immediately to go watch it. It's the best show. It's worth subscribing to Apple TV for, like literally just for this show alone. Um, And it talks about panic disorder and Ted Lasso having panic attacks during huge soccer games. And I guarantee you that the next season is probably going to be a little bit about him getting over the fear of having them. 
and how he does a little bit this season is by telling the press, like finally coming out about it and saying, you know what, this is the truth. And so now when people, you know, in TV, of course they write it that it's like, oh, can he coach? Can he be a good coach? And it's like, yes, he can. And he is. And the show shows that their record shows that. And the team's ability to play well doesn't have anything to do with his panic attacks. All of that to say, you know people who have panic attacks whether or not they talk about them or not. People are not going to fault you for it. And if they do, you don't want to be around those people. And if they are not people you're normally around and they're just giving you shit, then it's a beautiful education moment. And you can tell them that panic is a very, very real scientifically proven disorder Um, or symptom that is associated with anxiety and that they can suck your nuts and I feel like that's like the best place to end I'm so sorry this is a shorter episode my confidants Um, I really encourage you this mental health month to share don't fucking panic with people that you love or someone that you know needs uh, a mental health workbook it is $17.99 um, it's $9.99 if you get the e version of it, which I actually prefer. Like, I like to write on it through like my iPad, um, or you can read the Kindle version, but it is something you'd want to be able to write on. So if you get the e version, like try and use it on a um on a device where you can write. Um, all of that to say, I feel like I've said that six or seven times. Um, I hope you're having a good mental health month. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. This is a really tough time with Mercury being in retrograde and the seasons are changing. I did an episode about seasonal affective disorder two weeks ago. If you want more information on that. Um, and I'm going to just end here because I'm terrified of what other electronical problems we might have. So <laughs> I will see you next week. Confidants. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.